Super Talk Mississippi media production. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman Woo! here with you on a Thursday morning. It is good to be with you. Thursday, Thursday, Thursday. Is there something happening today? Nice. We got a monster truck rally that I don't know about. <laughs> Have you seen that? Uh... Joel T. and I will be there for Grave Digger. <laughs> Have you seen or heard the YouTube uh, deal where John Cena... Like there's this radio guy and, and they just they're calling this random woman uh-huh. and uh, <laughs> and his name is like, John Cena. Well, it's like trying to get her to order this WWE pay per view. You're gonna have to. I can't describe right. this adequately, so this is bad pod. But when this is over, you need to look at that. All right, I will. It is I, I have very no humorous. I have no problems with that. Um, however, you're listening to us out there, we always appreciate you. If you're listening at supertalk.fm or any place you're getting your podcast from. By the way, just for my our, my own knowledge, if you're not at one of the following: Super Talk, Stitcher, iTunes, Google, uh, what am I leaving out there? Spotify. If you're not getting the pod from there, tell me where you're getting the pod from. I want to know where, where else you're getting podcasts from because that's, that's just interesting to me. So. If you, if you don't mind, if you're listening right now, and well, I guess you could listen straight from SoundCloud too. You could, yeah. I guess you could just go to the SoundCloud link. But wherever you're listening from, if you're listening from somewhere different, let, let us know where that is. I'm, I, I would be interested to know. And of course, I want to thank our great servicemen and women out there listening to us. And those are even, you know what? We'll thank the ones who aren't listening. You know, hey, y'all are busy. You can't find time to listen. I get it. You want to listen though, because we're the podcast that that represents America. Yeah, you're doing right. There, Is it, are, are we? Sure, we'll, we'll just go with that. Why not? Uh, there are potential listeners out there. So what we would encourage you to do is to share Thunder and Lightning with a friend. You know what I always tell people? You know, like If you like us, tell a friend. And if you don't like us, tell an enemy. Works for me. Yeah. As long as you tell somebody. Tell somebody. All right. And, of course, tell your friends about our great sponsor, Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream over there on Highway 12. You know they're taking care of you. It's hot. Go get you go get you some ice cream or go get you one of their incredible frozen frozen drinks. To cool you off. It is just miserable outside. You need to cool off. Go sit in the air conditioning. Have yourself an ice cold frozen latte or hot chocolate. Frozen hot chocolate. It sounds it sounds weird. It's an oxymoron. It's like jumbo shrimp or business ethics. But it's a it's a, it's a thing. And you should try it. Over at Strange Brew Coffee House. All right. So Joel and I went back to school today. I hadn't sat in a classroom in a long time. I hadn't been lectured in quite a while, but Professor Moorhead had us in his class today. So here's what I learned. I don't know as much about football as I thought I did. I'll tell you that much, just straight off the top. Because you could have not, walking in there, you could not have convinced me that we were going to talk for an hour and ten minutes about two plays. Yep. But that's what we did. We talked about two plays, a run and a pass, for well over an hour. And the run part of it, <laughs> I think he, he just got caught up in it, and he just kept going. And I think he could have gotten two hours on that one run play. What was the pass play? The, the run play was gazelle slash giraffe. What yeah. Was the run play. Uh, the pass play. I can't remember now. Oh crap! Now I, 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 I mean, I remember. I remember the routes. It yeah. was a cross. It was the yeah. The, uh, the, it was the, um, the 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 Z is going to look at man and see if he can run. A, yeah. uh, he's going to run a go. If not, he's going to run a comeback. And then you've got a post and yep. a. He called it a basic. I always called it an in yeah. a square in, and then a crossing map, which I thought he was going to call a mesh, but he didn't. Uh, but a, a crossing route across. Yeah. So that I, I don't. Remember I'm with you. Play. I remember the formation. I remember the I can remember the diagram of the play. I don't remember the, the, the formation. I've got it on video. You can check it out at supertalk.fm or at Sports Talk Mississippi's uh, Twitter feed. An hour and some change on two plays. 
it really is incredible now. And I'm, this is not to, to give him a pass or to give the offense a pass for the way they performed last year. Because I think he would be the first to tell you that that's, that that's not acceptable. But it's incredible the amount of work that go in to a couple of plays. Yeah. Th- that was what stood out to me above all else today was he sat there and was you know laying out the the responsibilities of every position on the field pretty much and he really didn't he didn't really get into protections and things like that um he was asked that question and basically he said that'd be another day altogether to describe all that kind of stuff but but yeah just the responsibilities and the 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 thinking and the, I mean I I know that that you expect your athletes that you're given a full scholarship to to come in and, and to have all of this in their brains and to perform on Saturdays. I get that. Um, but this offensive system, like you said, just with two plays to take the time that, that we did. And he talked really fast through them, too. It's, not, true, like, yeah. it's not like he sat there and, and laid this out bare bones. I mean, this is talking really fast and explaining the thing. It still took, you know, hour and a half to, to do I guess what I'm saying is his offensive style, I'm not saying that it's unmasterable because mm-hmm. I think it is masterable. I, I, you get the right athlete. It seemed kind of it was very complex. complicated. You know, you, you can't just get a a mindless dude in there that's a good athlete to yeah. run that system. You know, you, you got to have there, a little bit more. You know, and, and, and there are some guys that, let's be honest, you know, struggle academically and things, but just pick up football. You know, I, I played with. Well, I didn't play, you know, foot high level of football, but right, I, I was I had some guys that like coming up through high school and things that that I knew that I mean they'd be the first to admit that book smart that just wasn't their thing. Mm-hmm. You know, they would tell you that they they would admit, but football stuff, you know, they they just picked it up immediately. You need somebody with a high level football IQ to run this offense. You can't just plug in some dude with a high just because he's fast and a big arm. He, yeah, exactly. This. That's what I took away from today more than anything, is that the athletes that Joe Moorhead brings into the system either has to be such a good athlete that you think you can coach that into them, or they have to be really smart, quick-thinking dudes. Because, man, what we what we did today, I granted, I'm not a college football player, and, and it's been a long time since I've sat there and looked at any kind of plays and that, that right. thing, but... Going through that today, I mean, if he wanted me to go out there and run that, I couldn't woo, do it. Yeah, I, I'm nowhere close. What, what 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 struck me was the uh, the amount of decisions the quarterback has to make in a time period where there is a player bearing down on him. Oh yeah, and you know he was Joe was asking us questions today, like yeah. who is that? And, and even then, you kind of have that deer in the headlights moment where yeah. you're, you're thinking kind of deal. Nobody's coming to tackle you in that room. Nobody. And if you're on SDC quarterback in that split second that you're deer in the headlights, you're getting killed. Something you know? tells me that the the amount of practice, the part of practice we don't ever get to see, because, you know, when we cover practice, we're out there for a few individual drills and, you know, some conditioning. We're never there for the practice. The amount of repetition that must be happening, they must be just reps, 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 because you have to get that right to, to know, okay, here – and basically, if I can, if I'm right on his, if I'm looking at one of his his running plays, it's it is a true run pass option. And my, you know, think about how long I'm, I'm going to talk, and then think about a college football play and how long I got to make this decision. But a ball is snapped, and I'm going to decide first and foremost: am I going to go ahead and throw a pass 
before I even try the handoff? Is there a quick pass available to me? That's pre-snap read. That's the pre-snap. Then the ball is snapped. Then i got to decide, am I going to keep the ball or hand it off? You have hip-to-hip, he says. Yes. Then I'm going to decide, after I hand it off, if there's a, there's a bubble or a receiver in the flat, do I want to throw to them or continue to keep? And then from there. I mean, I just talked for maybe 12 to 15 seconds. But I have to make that decision in two seconds. Or maybe, less. Or less. Or less. And it was really interesting. And he showed us a couple of other things where he showed us a play from the Kentucky game where it was a, ended up being like an eight-yard gain, but Fitzgerald throws the ball, and he describes it. He's like, I want three steps and a hitch. What Fitzgerald does is takes three steps and throws. He doesn't take the hitch, so the receiver is not quite out of his break yet. Yep. And so what was an eight-yard play, had it been thrown on time, is probably going to be a 20-yard play. Exactly. And I found that very interesting. Like One play, one second, I guess my question is this, and you just sort of hit on it. Is it too hard for college athletes who only get, as he said himself, 20 hours of practice a week? I think it's too hard for a Nick Fitzgerald that had spent four years doing something else Mm -hmm. to have ever expected him to come in, after seeing what I saw today with just two plays, to have ever expected him to come in and master that. Yeah. Mm Mm-mm. I don't, I don't think it could have happened. It, I, I it wanted to t- ask him about the two. I wanted to ask him, do you? How, how much better do you think Nick Fitzgerald would be if he had another year here? A lot, I think. Because I mean, that's, that's that, that was, I, I wanted to ask Joe, but I, I didn't. I didn't want. I felt like I sounded like I was insulting Nick. Yeah, and I didn't want to do that. Yeah. So, but I felt like I asked him was like, how much better with a second year under his belt could he have been? Do you know what? Along these same lines, looking at all that today, told me is that. Tommy Stevens is going to be way ahead. Yeah, he should be. I mean, and he, he had two or three years of practice with exactly. him. Exactly. And, and he said that. He, he said, said today that Tommy come, is coming in with, what, 85 to 85 90%? 85 to 90% of the terminology and, the, and, the, and the, uh, the, the understanding of it already in place. This is what he's always known. Yeah. So he's, and, gonna, he's, and so, you know, he's going to win the job, guys. Just go ahead and mark that down. Because I can't imagine, that even after a second year, that Keaton Thompson has more than 60 70%. I just I, he just doesn't have the reps. He doesn't have the, the practice. And, and the more I looked at that, what, what they did, what he showed us today, that's what this is. You just you have to do it over and over and over again, and get used to making all these all these reads. And um, and you know, it's not just the quarterback either. No, well, everybody has a read. It seems, yeah, you know? he talked about how you know if you're an offensive guard. And you come off the, you know, your first responsibility is the guy closest to you. But then immediately, your eyes, your eyes you're look, you're not looking at the guy you're blocking. Yes. You're looking down the field. I do I have to? Is that linebacker here? If he is, I got to go get him. Did he go the other way? All right, I got to go down and get the safety now. For the particular plays that we were looking at, he in Moorhead's, you know, terminology, the way he described it was four hands, four eyes. Yeah. You, you uh, your tackle and your right, you know, like right tackle, right guard, whatever. They have four hands on the guy they're blocking. But they have four eyes, meaning both guys are looking at the next level. So you think about that. And you're sitting there blocking a 300-pound lineman, but your eyes aren't on him. You're looking at the next level. Which means level. your mind's not on him either. You're not, you're, you are, your body is doing that. Your mind is, where, am I, where is my next read? That has got to be incredibly difficult. Yeah. Yeah, so, so these old linemen, you know, you think of a Charles Cross or somebody, a freshman coming in, He's got to master that. Yeah, and not to mention the fact he needs to put on some weight. But yeah. you just think of all all the just the complexities and 
Look, this ain't high school. I, I know that you all listening know this, but this isn't your high school offense. You know, <laughs> you, th- th- this was graduate level. Yeah, it really was. Stuff. Two plays. Two plays in an hour and a half. It was really impressive. I, I was very impressed by it. Uh, and I was like, a little humbled, to be honest with you, because I sit up there and I watch these plays. I'm like, what are you doing? And then I, I see what all's happening. Now, that said, like I said, it doesn't take away from the fact that they don't give the ball to Kylan Hill more. Because if you can design that play, you could design a play where you just hand off the run at the back. You can do it. But at the same time, I, you know, I, I get where some of the disconnect was, and I get where, you know, some of I also get where some of the uh, the potential is because we saw the, the examples of plays that were executed properly, and you're talking about big gaping holes to run through. You're talking about receivers running wide open and free. And if that's the case, if you can get that consistently, you got a chance to get those explosive plays that Joe Moorhead is always talking about. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I just mentioned a minute ago, I, I, you think about freshmen coming in. You think about, like, Stephen Gidry coming in having to master this yeah. after – I mean, I, I don't know what he ran in Juco, but yeah, it wasn't I, this. He ran a lot of verticals, I bet. Yeah, yeah. It, it was nowhere near – I mean, you think about the development he's going to have having done this for a year now. You think about WAP. You know, uh, he was a freshman, of course, but you, you think about him coming in and having another year to, to master this. And, and and I know that you hear all the time, you know, guys get better with time, more experience. I get that. But this is more than just experience. This is a humongous, I think, learning curve. And to me, and you may disagree with this, but I don't think you will, I think Joe Moorhead's system – I'm not saying that there won't ever be a freshman or a sophomore come in and contribute immediately or there won't ever be a JUCO – guy come in and contribute immediately. But I think that this is not an offensive system. And granted, we're going to about two plays that we saw mm-hmm. during this thing. But I don't think this is a – I think that's going to be very, very, it very – even more rare than usual to see a freshman or a JUCO transfer come in immediately contribute it would considering have to the complexities. A, a high school player who's played in a very similar system in high school, which has got to be difficult. But, I mean, I would imagine there are some school – that why, that's why I would think that maybe after Will Rogers, I don't know how many quarterbacks you're going to get out of the state of Mississippi for this offense because there's not a lot of teams. Most, most of your, your teams in Mississippi ground are just, and pound, ground and pound, and they're just putting the best athlete back there and letting him go. And I don't know if that's going to be the case a lot. So I mean, you, I, I just don't see a lot of Mississippi quarterback. I could be wrong, you know, and, and it could be that Joe Moorhead's arrival here, if he's successful, you know, what happens? A lot of his what do, what do former players become a lot of times high school coaches? Yeah. And maybe they take some of that with them, and, and you know, within ten years, if Moorhead is successful, you've got, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten of your former players at big high schools, coaching, and they're using your system. So then you've got, you know, sort of a you almost got like a, a little minor league, like a feeder league almost, where hey, these guys are going to come in, they're going to have at least the the base knowledge. Whereas right now, you're just bringing guys in, and you're like, all right, we're yeah. start here's square one, and this is where we are. Oh um, my gut is that Joe Moorhead is not going to be here in ten years. Well, either he's going to be really successful and go elsewhere, or he's not going to be successful and he won't be here. One way or the other. But yeah. So <laughs> you never know. I mean, you I, I don't know. Maybe he'll fall I, in love I, with the place. But well, I, I mean, you never know because I, mean, I guess in nobody my mind, thought Mullen was going to be here. That's for true. Nine years that's either. true. I guess in my mind, I just have him more as a you know guy that like if Penn State opened up and they called and he was having the success. Yeah. I, I could see him going back. I see to him going back. Oh yeah, absolutely. I could so, see him going back. North. So anyway, I mean that wasn't a knock on Joe. What I was trying to, I just it, it's, it's a unusual. knock on Mississippi State it's, though. You know, it's unusual. <laughs> I hate him. I hate him. I hate him. I hate the dog. Um, but no, in college football, nobody's 
much anywhere for ten years. No, nah, nah, I mean, but yeah, unless you're winning national titles like Nick Saban or Debo Deb Sweeney, yeah, you're not you're not sticking around like that. Yeah, but all, all this said, and I know that maybe none of you give a hoot about what I'm about to say, but um, I don't know. Maybe you do because I I think that what happened today makes us better at our job. Yeah, because we can sit here and look. That's not to say that over the course of the season that you're not going to have some. Uh, you know, things that are true that's gonna, you don't understand it. Things or, that are true. It's a little early, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, you know, you're gonna have some things probably that are critical and you're gonna have some things. I mean, that's just what we do. We have to, we talk for 30 right, minutes right, an right. hour a day. But I, I think that by doing that today, it makes me a better writer, you as well, a better talker about it and things because look, it gave us a little glimpse into just how difficult this is that the, what they're doing. Yeah. And, and so I just think that looking at that and just, understanding some of the i guess minutiae of all that it just to me it's going to give me a better perspective of what they're going through and why when there's a mix-up or somewhere i understand why you know (laughs) i just think that that today made us made us better and and here's the part that none of y'all may care about but i mean kudos to joe moorhead and and to to bill martin and to mississippi state athletics for for letting this happen and and I, i you know I know maybe part of their goal was to let us understand a little more, so maybe we can critique or whatever, but I don't know what their goal was. Maybe it was just to be nice and say, hey, this will be fun. Yeah. I, and it was. It was a blast. I'll be honest with you. We were the there for the an hour only, and a half. The only complaint I had, and I think I said, is like, we'd like to talk to Shoop. Yeah. Would have liked to have seen the other side of the uh, the chalkboard. Yeah, and Joe said before we left, you know, if y'all have requests for next year, y'all, yeah. y'all get them in. That, that, that would be one to talk to talk we'll to, to Shoop. To yeah. Shoop. And, and my next request is, you know, let's make a morning or a whole uh, day out I of this I wouldn't thing. mind talking to Marcus Johnson either because – uh, I think Steve Robertson was the one who asked a question like, "What is that?" And about protection, and yeah. he said, "That's it, protection." He's was, like, and he said, "I could spend another whole day talking I, about protections." And obviously, it caught Steve's eye because it was Beatles. That was the, that was the name. <laughs> of the, that that was the name of the protection. Okay. Yeah. So there. Yeah. The you know, I would like to you know talk to those guys just to get an idea what the old line, you know because that's the most important part. So a very interesting day. I think I, I hope I did a good job of of, re, of re, recreating it for you on my article at supertalk.fm. Check that out. It's, it's also got all the links. Some of the videos that I took. We uh, also got a thunder and lightning shout out from we Joe Moorhead. Shout out, a shout out. He yeah, he said, "I saw your your poll question this morning. We will have we will have a 500 yard receiver this year." So and, and, Joe's and, on the record. And you were actually talking. I think it was during the the Kentucky play that you were talking about a while ago. Yeah, the the, the eight yard thing that could have been, been yeah. you know had had it been timed right, could have been at least a 20 yard gain or whatever. Yeah. It was those kind of things that I think when he mentioned it, yeah. that, that we're going to have a 500 yard receiver because those little missteps are gonna not going to be as much this year. And, you know, they usually they always use the term hidden yardage, right? Talking about like special teams and stuff like that. But here's another example of hidden yardage where a play that you're thinking, okay, eight eight yards, it was first down, great. But it could, if it was executed properly, it, it would have. It was very easily going to be a twenty to thirty yard gain. Yeah, you know, I don't think it, it was to Osiris Mitchell, who's not a burner, so he's probably not going to take it the distance there. But he's going to get around the corner if if the ball is thrown on time, and it's going to be a a bigger play. And that's just another example of you know lost yardage, where that you know, as a Kentucky game, I don't know that it makes a huge difference there. But at the same time, you never know. So. Very interesting and very well thought out uh, day with Joe Moorhead. Very, very exciting. And like I said, looking forward to it again uh, if, he, if he'll do it again next year. Next up is, is Howland. I want to I go in there with him now. Let's get in there and let's watch some film with him. Well, you know. Yeah, so what happened here was he's a really good play. He's a real, look at what he does. That's yeah, phenomenal defense. You know, Will, uh, Will Salmon kind of did that with Howland. 
Yeah. He, he kind of had a... He got a little embed with him. Yeah, like, he, he was in there we for to, two or three to, days. I think maybe even... He took a road trip with him. I was going to say, I think he traveled with the team. He did. He went to Which, Missouri. Quite frankly, doing what we do, I don't think that anybody would let me travel with the team. So, I... I has some perks sometimes, I guess, when you work with the state's biggest newspaper. <laughs> to, to well, do some I, I work for stuff, a larger but, media organization, so, so we'll, we'll make that happen. Anyway, I, I, it also helps, you know, when you when you have good relationships with people too, which Will, Will obviously did. He did. I, I'd like to think that only going to be at media days for Florida's day. I'm so mad at him. Like, come on, with the athletic, they got they got more money than God. Okay, so he's not going to. You know, last year he was there and followed Joe around and did a Mississippi. Not doing State anything deal. in Mississippi. I mean, obviously the Joe's for, first year. It's been so. a, it's been a year. I, yeah. I, no, no more with the salmon doing the MSU stuff. All right, he's out. He <laughs> he abandoned us. He's done. I don't want to see it anymore. You tell the athletic if they need something, they call Joel Coleman or Brian Haydad. They don't. They don't deal with Will Salmon anymore. And that's the bottom line. If you're listening, Will, you hear me. Now, he is listening to. He's an avid listener of Thunderline, and we do miss him and love him. And I'll see him on Monday. And Gold, uh, Goldust, he's the man. Will. Did I tell you that I... Uh, I Will listen Gold. Nobody cares Jer- about Jer- that. But. Jericho did the podcast with Dustin Runnels, yes. and I immediately texted Will. I was like, you got to listen to this. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. And he's like, oh, I'll check it out, check it out. And then like an hour and a half later, he's like, I would not have known that was there. Thank you so much. <laughs> I was like, that was, it was really good. So. We miss you, Will. We do. All right. Uh, changing changing gears big time here. We're talking some pro basketball, but not uh, no, no, no worries. Still MSU related. Both MSU guys uh, that, that got the opportunity. I guess there were three. Lamar Peters is... Uh, is still out there, but Quindary Weatherspoon and uh, Eric Coleman have both signed contracts with the Spurs and Lakers, respectively. Now, neither one of these guys have been given a full NBA contract. They are not on the roster yet. In Q's case, he signed what is called a two-way deal. It means, very simply, that by the end of the preseason, he will either be offered a roster spot or he'll be offered a G League spot. One of the two. And the pay will differ. The pay obviously will differ. <laughs> Big difference. Yeah. Big difference. Hopefully for Q, he gets the roster spot. Holman signed what is called an Exhibit 10 contract. What that is, is it's basically a training camp invite. He will get to go to training camp with the Lakers, and then they can either offer him a contract there. They can His, his training camp participation will allow other teams to see them, and they can sign him to a deal from there, or he can be offered a G League spot. So neither one of them have, have gotten the spot on the bench yet. But especially in Q's case, they're pretty close. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm surprised by both of that. I didn't think either one of them. Q, I was just like, I just don't know what he's going to do well enough. But he has found a little bit of a niche as a scorer. He's, he's getting to the bucket, and that's, that's always going to be in the market. With Holman, it's even more surprising because if you've kept up with the Lakers in the preseason, the thing I thought gave Holman sort of – Something to, to, to latch on to, the fact that he's a big guy who can shoot the three. He has not shot the three ball well in the preseason. So I guess it's just a potential thing there with the Lakers and what they're, they're doing there. But I'm surprised at those guys. But that said, congratulations and kudos to them. Oh, absolutely. I, I love seeing that. And Q, I feel like he's kind of been, since he stepped foot on campus at Mississippi State, he was overshadowed a little bit by Malik Newman at the time. And and he's done nothing in his entire career but kind of surpass expectations and, you know, became one of the greatest players in Mississippi State basketball history. And I've just – look, I, I'm not claiming to be some basketball expert and you know a ton more about the NBA than I do. But I just – I felt like from the from the get-go that Q was good enough at everything to have a shot. Like, I, I know that he's not some superstar at any one facet of the game, but there is n- – I mean, tell me a major weakness of Q's game. 
I mean, Q's major weakness is that he doesn't have one humongous strength. Right. I mean, and, and, and that's not really a knock. That's just he's really good at most things. And, and so if you're really good at most things, I just feel like there's a spot for that. So I'm less surprised by Q um, seemingly, you know, getting getting a step closer to that NBA roster spot than I am by Eric. I, I am a little bit surprised by Eric. Um, well, it, like I said, though, Eric has the skill set that translates to the next level. Bigs that can shoot and create space are in demand right now. Everybody wants a Kevin Durant, a six foot nine, six foot ten dude who can rain threes. Wonder how much he's kind of buoyed by his junior season because he didn't do that just a ton last year. Nobody, I mean, yeah, he shot what forty three percent. Yeah, from he, was like, the he may have been the team's leading. He three was, shooter. and then last year he didn't shoot as well, but he still shot a very respectable percentage, especially for a guy six foot nine with that kind of a build. So you know, he's got something that it's sort of what we just said with Q. Q does all these things good. Holman had the one thing that he was great at, and that's shooting the three, uh, especially at his size. So the fact that it, it hasn't been there in the preseason leads you to believe that you're probably something you're probably right. The Lakers have looked at enough film and said, all right, this guy he has some touch. You know, let's just you know, it's not it's not gonna cost us anything to you know stash him on a G League. You're the Lakers, you got a billion dollar TV contract. You can stash a guy on a G League roster and see how it goes. Yeah. So we'll see how that, that hands out. And when Lamar Peters, you know. Just from the little bit I've seen of him, I don't I don't foresee him in, in, in getting any kind of deal. He's just he just looks like the same player, you know. He doesn't he doesn't look like he's gotten any better. He really looks like the same guy he was as a freshman. That was the thing about Peters, is he took a couple of small steps forward. He never took a big one for me. Yeah, and that's probably why he you know he never really delivered on all the, the potential I think that he had. Which it you know he, now that said he could probably go cr- across the ocean and make a great living yeah, playing I, basketball. I was, you know I feel like Lamar Peters could. I could see he might him make going more money there. in yeah. year one that if he does that, then Holman yeah, or Q may. would make. He may. I, I could see Lamar going on there, and with his just style the and quickness. his, I could see yeah. him being a star over yeah. <laughs> somewhere uh, doing that. But, but yeah, congrats to all those guys, man. Uh, it's didn't expect to, it. Yeah, didn't when's the last? Was Moultrie the last? Moultrie was on a roster. Bulldog to be on. He, the roster? I think he got into a game. I think he played a couple games before him. Right, talking about Lawrence Roberts, something like that. It's, it's been it's been a long time. Yeah. So, good for them. All right, tomorrow's show, we'll do a box score on Mississippi State, Kansas State. That should be a very interesting game. We saw some plays from last year's Kansas we State did. earlier today. And I, I just just from looking at it, I foresee a very similar game with MSU being able to control the line of scrimmage. Uh, but we'll talk about that tomorrow. Uh, plus, if anything else pops up between now and then, we might have a little fun with that. Guys, have a great Thursday. Back with you on Friday morning. For Joel... T. Coleman. Woo. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Call, Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.